This podcast is not here for those people that are trying to stay out of last place. Because those consequences don't exist for the people that are listening to this podcast. These are the people that always end up in the playoffs but can't seem to get over that hump. Or the ones who just want to dominate year after year just to show everybody else they're the champions. Guys, this is a fantasy football intervention. And we're about to intervene with your fantasy football life. What's up, guys? I'm over here celebrating my grandmother's birthday at her house. So unfortunately, I don't have my mic or anything. Otherwise, I would redo this entire episode for you guys. However, we had a little bit of an issue with some background noise going on throughout the episode. So I understand if you guys can't make it through it. However, there is some some great, great information to be had from this episode. So if you guys do or if you guys are able to actually you know, make it past that background noise and listen to it. It is 100% worth the listen, guys. Let's get the show started. Man, we got some big things going on over here at Fantasy Intervention, guys. We got some big, big things. Let me tell you, we got another podcast that's starting out on Thursday. God, I cannot wait to actually get, you know, the formal announcement out there. We've got quick shots out there, right? Dave put out a couple of them already. We got our other boy out there. He's working on some. We got things in the works, guys. We got things in the works. Things are happening over here at Fantasy Intervention, and I could not be more excited. But tonight, tonight, we're not talking about what's going on, you know, over the next, you know, I guess this upcoming week or anything like that. We're focused on Sunday here. We are focused on Sunday and our DFS episode. And of course, I can't just do this alone, right? I did that last year. I did everything alone last year. It's much better with friends. And so I had to bring on my, my friend, Bo, over here. What's going on, Bo? How you doing, man? Hey, hey, hey. I'm doing great. I just got off work, um, ordered some DoorDash, and uh, everything's swimmingly. I'm, I, all my lineup builds ready to go. What'd you, uh, what'd you get? Habit Burger. What's a Habit Burger? It's a, it's a kind of local chain on the West Coast, kind of like In-N-Out, but a little bit more of your uh, classical drive through fare. I've good never stuff. even heard of that. It's pretty good. Pretty that's, good. That's good, man. That's good. So real quick, Bo, you're, you're a DFS expert, right? Made millions and millions of dollars doing this. Allegedly. <laughs> so obviously, uh, you write for Nimblewood Numbers over there. So can you go ahead and let everybody know where to find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Bo underscore McBigTime. Um, you can also find my hot sauce at hotboxbatch.com. And that's also so at cool. hotboxbatch. Um, and my writing, of course, at nimblewoodnumbers.com, nimblewnumbers.com slash bo-nose-dfs. Um, and I do two articles a week. The first one's kind of a reactionary piece where I'm fading certain overpriced guys from last week. And I'm propping up guys that maybe not didn't have a good performance the week before, but are going to be priced down as a result that I'm going to attack this week. And then Friday, Friday is my lineup build. And that's just, that's been dropped on the website today. Um, so I'm going to be kind of pulling from that article with, uh, with today's show. So you guys can win some money with me. Yeah. I love that, man. And I did uh, read over your article. Great article over there. Make sure you guys go check it out. You know, nimble right? But is it? Yeah. Nimble, yeah, it's just w, nimble w, w numbers. numbers. Yeah. 
I like that, man. I like that. So yeah, we're going to be diving in this slate and I swear to God, man, like I felt like now that I'm looking back on it, I feel like this is the week to play all slot receivers. I swear to God, like every time I came up with something, it was like the worst slot corner up against a great slot receiver. And it just kept on happening time and time and time again. So we will dive into that. But I want to talk about last week real quick, just to gloss over, because the volatility was absolutely real last week, right? It's crazy. We, we've been seeing like shootout after shootout, you know, with, without as many blowouts, right? But last week, last week there were six games which had a 15-point gap in scoring. You know, we saw all shootouts, you know, previous up to this. This week we saw pretty much all blowouts. This could happen again this week. There are four games that have the spread set at eight plus points. And there are a couple like Tennessee and Houston that, you know, we're looking at a shootout. But if the, if the, if the Tennessee Titans play like they did last week up against, uh, who was it? Uh, the, the Bills? Yeah. Like we could end up seeing a, a complete blowout. I hope not. <laughs> the blowouts kill me because I'm a cash player and I like to see those back and forth shootouts like we've been seeing up to the last week. And the, those blowouts last week just killed me because I could not get a peg down. Every good play I had was countered by a bad one. So it was just a rough week for me because the blowouts just weren't, I didn't see them coming. I mean, another one, when we talk about, you know, like the blowouts that could actually happen, was that mm-hmm. new? Why is it in the bottom corner, not all the way across? Is that showing up normal for you at the bottom? No, it's small and on the left. That's weird. I don't know what I did. Anyways, um, the uh, sorry guys. The uh, yeah, the the other game that could actually turn into a big time blowout versus like a competitive game is, is Pittsburgh and Cleveland, right? Right. You know, Cleveland might not be able to keep up in the passing game. You know, the defense could end up stepping it up in the secondary. All this, the defense has not been playing, you know, good so far. So. I don't know, man. That's definitely a situation that we could see where it's going to be a blowout versus an actual shootout. What do you think is going to happen with this Cleveland Pittsburgh game? You think it's going to be low scoring? You think it's going to be a shootout? You think it's going to be a blowout? What do you think? I think it's going to be a close game because Cleveland has done nothing but impress when faced with a, a spread in, against their favor. Pittsburgh is favored, of course. But um, it's going to come down to it's a divisional matchup. These two teams hate each other. It's the Miles Garrett revenge game. Um, we're, we're looking at a game where I see some points being scored. Um, but I think Cleveland, if they're going to get blown out, it's because their run game isn't going to be as effective as, they, as it has been. Pittsburgh's defense is for real. Like in the against the run, against the pass, that's a great defense. So Cleveland's going to have to raise up their game even more if they're going to stay in it because Pittsburgh's pretty easily going to be able to throw the ball around. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. You know, to an extent, but we got to see what happens now. I want this week. This is what I want for this week. I want high scoring, but I want hidden predictability which means that we can kind of see what's going to happen in certain games, but it's not over the top obvious. Like it's not like the average, you know, DFS gamers can actually see it, but we can find it. Yes. And I don't think that there's a really hidden secret with the Lions Jags, you know, going to be a high scoring game. But I think the, the area as to where there's hidden predictability is finding the value here. Yeah. You know, Detroit is terrible terrible up against the running back and the wide receiver but they're actually really good up against the quarterback and the tight end they ring second on DraftKings uh because of this bend but don't break play style up against the quarterback position 
And yeah. maybe that's because teams have, have blown them out or whatever the case is. But they after I looked, I, yeah, just look deeper into it, right? They're actually like they're one and three, but they've only been blown out one time. And that was up against uh, what? Who was it? The who were they blown out by? Packers. The Packers. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you know, up against the Bears, they were they were winning going into the fourth quarter. They remember set that NFL record where they blew four consecutive 10 point leads. Um, so that's, that's what's happening is they get off to a 10 point, 15 point lead and they just blow it in the end. Yeah. I, I don't know, man. I, I really do think it's this defense who actually has allowed like nine touchdowns in the air so far this season that is going to allow Matt Stafford to actually have a great game this upcoming week. I, I mean, so. <laughs> I, I, I really do. I, I, I know that, that, the Lions defense is actually pretty solid overall when it comes to, you know, up against the passing game, right? They haven't allowed a quarterback to hit 300 yards yet. Uh, Minshew is pretty much the opposite end of the spectrum, right? He's hit 300 yards and multiple touchdowns in three of the four games so far this season, or three of the last four games, but he's needed 40 passing attempts to do so. Captain garbage time. Yeah. With Detroit's run defense being pretty much non-existent, right? I don't know that Minshew's going to hit that 40 pass attempt mark. Right, I think it's going to be a huge, huge James Robinson game. What do you think? Um, I'm thinking this game might be a little bit under expectations for scoring because of that factor. Um, I don't really see James Robinson popping off for a massive performance, but I do see that more of a grinding game where the clock is moving faster and because the, the Jaguars aren't going to have to shoot out to come back they're not gonna have to throw it 40 times to come back because the game will be closer i think i'm gonna take the under on this game but i think stafford will put up decent numbers i don't know if he'll pop off big and i don't think robinson's gonna pop off big because even as bad as the lions run defense is aaron jones is the only one that really busted them for big runs it's just been six five six yards a clip killing the clock and then at the end of the game they blow it by giving up passing touchdowns i don't know man i think that you can actually use the running back in the passing game against them but you can gash them up the middle i mean don't forget latavius murray just put up like two touchdowns 60 yards not to mention kamara's 83 yards and a touchdown on the ground i mean yeah i don't think that thompson's gonna factor it at all so yeah i, I don't know I, i'm leaning towards james robinson actually having a big game this week now when it comes to the other end of the spectrum, I'm not really interested in playing any other Jacks, right? Like I know Chenault in a good spot, you know, with Shark possibly missing this game. Uh, and the Lions, the Lions, they, they suck up against guard in the deep ball, but they're actually pretty good underneath. Um, they primarily get beat with speed on the outside. So I don't know, man, like I, they, I feel like if Shark plays, Shark is the play here, but I don't like Chenault playing underneath. Like, they just don't give up a ton of yards to the underneath receiver. Well, I mean, if you think Chenault's just an underneath receiver, then I would agree with you. I'm, I'm, I love Chenault in general as a, as a GPP player this week because his floor has been 10 points every single week, and we still haven't seen him break out for that big performance that he, his talent indicates could very well happen. Uh, he was lined up all over the field this season, out wide, in the slot, in the backfield. Um, he's the Swiss Army knife. And if you think that that he's the only running back, quote-unquote, 
you're, or if Robinson's the only running back, quote unquote, then you're wrong because Chenault very well could take touches out of the backfield and do the same things that Robinson can do. I'm, I think Chenault's pretty sneaky. And at 5,200, that's not a bad price for somebody with the floor like he has. Yeah, I, I understand where you're coming from. I just don't think, and I love LaVisca Chenault. I was huge on LaVisca Chenault. He was the first round pick for me um, in, in Dynasty Rookie Leagues. But I just don't. I just don't think that there's going to be enough opportunity for him there to actually, you know, break it big. And don't forget, like, Chenault didn't have a single carry this past week. So they're actually dwindling down on his carries out of the backfield. I think they're trying to keep him fresh because of how good he is. But my main concern is actually, like, the unrealized air yards and stuff. Like, he's getting as much as he can. He's almost, like, maxing out to an extent. He only has 70 um, unrealized air yards, right? And when it comes to his, his actual air yards themselves, it's it's not a lot. So he's being asked to catch the ball close to the line of scrimmage, make plays. Meanwhile, that's where the Lions actually do really, really well. So, like I said, I just I'm, I don't have that much interest in playing him. I just don't see where the upside is. Like, is he going to finish off with a two touchdown, 150 yard day? I don't know if that's in the realm of possibilities. Maybe not. Um, but yeah, but like like I, like you said, and like what I said before is I don't see this game really going as a shootout because of both. Um, running games being effective. I, I think Swift is another great play in this game because at his price, I mean, he might be all the chalk I eat this week. Um, and that's, that's what it comes down to this game. I'm looking at the running backs because I don't think that the passing attacks are going to be as explosive. Yeah. See, I'm on the other end of the spectrum because I actually really like want to play Matthew Stafford in this game, right? He's been average so far this season. He's been very, very pedestrian. Right, but Patricia's been adamant about running the ball, and and I just feel like this could set up huge for the play action fake. I mean, the Jags have allowed the six most explosive uh, plays in the air. Right, they have three uh, three touchdowns for three hundred yard games, along with three. Wait, they have three three hundred yard games and three with three plus touchdowns to the quarterback position. So. I actually like Matthew Stafford a lot this week, and I think he could actually exceed expectations, especially at his price. I mean, I think he's yeah. like the third or fourth cheapest quarterback or something along those lines. He's cheap. Yeah, he's around 6000 Now, I'm not going to stack him with who you think I'm going to stack him with. That, that's not going to happen. I'm not going to do it with Galladay. I, I might do one with Galladay. I'm not going to lie. You're just talking about explosive pass plays. I know, I know. Now, Galladay's, you know, <laughs> big-time play in this, but with the explosive pass plays, I'm actually looking at Marvin Jones Jr., this is the perfect game for Marvin Jones Jr. And I wanted to go Amendola because, oh my God, do the Jaguars just get crushed up against the slot receiver? But Amendola's upside is kind of limited. Meanwhile, Marvin Jones has actually been used a lot out of the slot this year, which is kind of surprising. So I'm looking for a vintage, you know, Marvin Jones Jr. four touchdown game this week or this year, you know? That'd be nice. Um I mean, Marvin Jones hurt us last time we were keying on him. Um, he he kind of burned True. us really bad last time he had a smash matchup against a really bad pass defense, and Galladay was out that game. We were just like, oh, man, Marvin Jones, Marvin yeah. Jones. And what did he freaking do? He did absolutely nothing. Um, so, I, I mean, I love the player. I have Marvin Jones across a lot of leagues. But, I mean, it's, it's a scary thing, especially when I'm kind of predicting an under total in this game 
it's uh, it's dicey well, because God hey, is healthy. Are supposed to be scary. You didn't. Yeah. Playing Travis Fulgham and Chase Claypool, like I told you to last week, was scary. <laughs> but it worked out. Playing Chase Edmonds was scary, but it worked out, right? Like I, Chase Edmonds was a smash. I mean, that was that was a great play, and yeah, I was on the same boat with that one. And then Darren um, Bells, that was scary, but it panned out. <laughs> we I don't know where I players. was. I don't know where I was when they announced that Aikens was was going to miss, but I totally missed on Fells, and I would have been all over him if I knew that a- that Aikens was out. That that was just a miss on my part. I didn't catch the news, and so I was pretty disappointed that I couldn't find that bargain tied in last week. Oh man, I pretty much love everybody on the Lions' offense. I know that you have the under, but I love everybody. I have. Hawkinson lined up in here. I've got, got Barry Sanders lined up. I got Barry Sanders lined up. Megatron. <laughs> no, I love every Lions player in this in this matchup. Yeah, Herman yeah. Moore is going to play this week. <laughs> but uh, my biggest play, the one that I'm smashing home, and you already brought it up earlier, but I'm just going to emphasize DeAndre Swift. Yeah, baby. He never really like. He never has had this like breakout opportunity like he does this week, but I am sensing a huge, huge breakout from this potential matchup. Um, after coming off a bye week where they have time, they have time to you know get him involved in the game plan and to make sure that he's he's running the right plays. I think that they're going to draw up at least at least minimum a handful like ten plays, two handfuls, ten plays for for DeAndre Swift, and then I believe it. You know we saw the Colts tear them up in the passing game. When we talk about Jacksonville and then Mixon racked up 15 points alone in the passing game up against the, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. And that's not including the massive day he had on the ground as well. I mean, Swift led the team in snaps in weeks one and two, had a bizarre week in week three where he only saw six snaps. And I think he must have missed his assignment or something, or maybe he was hurt and reports just never came out. Who knows, Who knows with Patricia? He's, he's a wackadoodle. It was, that was bizarre, but he was only four behind Adrian Peterson this past week. And I think that he assumes that that top end role again in a game that I expect to be a shootout. And I expect to get everything to work. So I love Swift this week. He's a smash play. Is there any word on Adrian Peterson's illness that he missed practice? Yeah, he's fine. He's, he's a full play. Yeah. It's not COVID. Okay. So I was it's hoping still, that I would factor it. I would hope. Oh my God. Would, God, man. Can you imagine the chalk though at 4,500 for Swift? If he had the lead back roll with Peterson out and that would, he would be, be owned everywhere, everywhere. So this might be our diamond in the rough because Peterson, I mean, he's out there. He's going to get some touches, but he, other than the one game against the bears, I think he had some busted off some big runs. He hasn't done much. And Swift has done a lot with the touches he's received. I mean, I, I still remember week one when he had that game-winning touchdown right in his hands and dropped it. And I think that if he had actually caught that, Peterson might have been taking second fiddle backseat from that moment forward. This might just be that that week where we finally see it. Yeah, keep in mind, by the way, both of these teams rank in the top six in pace of play. Yeah. So I think that's huge. It's, when both of the teams are up there in pace, that means that Neither one of them is going to slow the other one down. And that's great because the more plays you get in, I mean, plays are volume. The more plays you get in, the more volume you get in. And that's, that's nice. All right. So let's hop over to our next game. Yep. Um, If you take out the Colts game, right? Where the Philip Rivers just sucked ass. The Browns are allowing, (laughs) (laughs) 
The Browns are allowing 325 yards and three touchdowns to the quarterback Ooh. position on average. 325 yards and three touchdowns. Now you have Big Ben, who's been very good. He hasn't been great, but he's been very good. He's had three of his four games go above 21 fantasy points, but none of those have gone above 23 fantasy points. So he's in that sweet spot where yeah. you know, you're going to get enough value there, but you're not going to win with him in that, in that week. I yeah. think that I think that that this could be the week with the Browns allowing 325 yards and three touchdowns, right? Who's to say it won't happen? And Big Ben's doing it week by week. He's doing it with different receivers each week. I mean, Deontay being out does hurt him a little bit because that's kind of his little slot blanket. Um, but Claypool, he's he's a freak, man. He's he's very talented. Um, and even if they do key on him. Because I don't think Juju's really that good of a wide receiver. He's good in that system, but he's not that talented. Claypool's very talented. They're going to have to scheme to cover that guy. Um, I see this as a Big Ben slash Connor game, and I know you disagree with that, but it's uh, I have a feeling that Connor might get ten catches in this game. Well, I mean, the thing is, is like the the game script has been very competitive for the Steelers so far, right? For the most right. part, they haven't blown out a bunch of teams or anything like that. But James Connor. Right? He's been running the ball. He's been getting the volume. Big Ben only has one week where he attempted over 37 passes. So the interesting part to this is the fact that, uh, you know, James Conner and this Browns run defense might not click. Uh, when we look at the Cleveland Browns, right, and, and their, their 18th rank up against the defense, that doesn't really insinuate that they're great up against the running back, right? Like that insinuates that they're bad. But the reality is they haven't allowed a single running back to go over 60 yards rushing on the ground. And they're averaging 3.7 yards per carry allowed. That's the Browns defense. They're crushing on the ground. They just suck. They just suck up against the passing game. So the, the, the crazier part is these running backs that they have played. They played Zeke. They've played Mixon. They've played Antonio Gibson. They played Mark Ingram. They played Jonathan Taylor. That's pretty impressive to not allow any single one of those running backs to go over 60 yards, right? Especially the 60 yards isn't that high of a bar. You get one big run and that's going to be easily eclipsed. Um, it's What's impressive is a couple of those were pretty positive game script related uh, stoppages where the team was having to come back on Cleveland and throwing it every down like the Cowboys. Um, that's, that's the only thing I can see there. But 3.7 yards of carry, that's nothing to sniff at as a run defense because yep, that's, great. that's really good. It is. And um, uh, I don't yeah, think it, Connor's that good for more than four yards of carry anyway, but he's going to get so much volume in that game. Well, that, see, that's what I'm concerned about is if they end up running it and he's getting two yards of carry, three yards of carry, you know, and they're not able to actually perform at a high end mm. level, like on second down, it's going to be a lot of third long. So Connor's not going to get a lot of that third down work. But like I said, the main reason why they get that 18th rank is because of the receiving game. They're allowing 29 receptions for 245 yards in the air to the running back position. That's crazy. That's crazy. Right? Meanwhile, Connor only has 20 or more receiving yards in one game so far this year. That's it. Like he, he, has, he hasn't had more than 20 yards receiving. He's, just, <laughs> he's not a pass catching back, really, you know? Yes, he is. He averaged like 12 targets a game last year. No, he did not. He didn't play last year. Yeah, he did. Before he got hurt, he was getting all kinds of PPR points. I remember because uh, I got Monday Night Miracled by Connor catching 12 passes for 40 yards and on and a PPR it just killed me because he had 35 points. 
But that's not good. Ben Bat or Big Ben hasn't had wide receivers. Like he he's been struggling with the wide receiver, you know, situation over there. So of course he's going to target him slightly more in certain games, but he's not a pass catching back, man. He's, he can't what? Come that on. Offense, that offense is heavy running back uh focus. What what happened last week was the Eagles linebacker, I forget his name, but the guy with the long blonde hair, he's allowed 13 catches on 13 targets for like 200 yards and four touchdowns this year. Um, and Claypool eat, ate him alive. And uh, that was that was mostly, I mean, you're not going to dump it off to the running back if your slot receiver is wide open every play. And, and that could end up happening. Like that could, could really end up happening because of the fact that, man, the Browns are not good up against the slot. And mainly that's because Denzel Ward and um, Hill, not, not Hilliard, who's on the outside over there, has been actually really good so far this year. Been crushing it so far this year. So I'm actually looking forward to a huge week from Juju. That's actually who I'm stacking with, right? I like it. I mean, they, it, it, in addition to not only Juju Smith-Schuster getting a, you know, a good amount of looks, uh, I think the Big Ben is going to be a smash this week regardless of who you stack him with on the wide receiver side outside of, of, of Washington, James Washington. Baker's protection rate is 27th, and the Steelers' defense is getting pressure on the quarterback a whopping 41% of the time. 41% of the dropbacks, they're getting pressure on the quarterback. That's nuts. TJ Watt and Bud Dupree are Dude, all day in the backfield. We're talking about short field positions. We're talking about quick scores, right? It wouldn't shock me to see Big Ben with like five touchdowns this week and only 300 passes. I'm just saying. It would yeah, not shock and, me. And I love the Steelers defense this week because if we know anything about Baker Mayfield, is you put the heat on him and he cracks. He cracks yeah. every time. You get pressure on him and he's going to crack. Uh, and, and that's three out of the situation. It, it's not going to be a great green, yeah, green script at all. So let's go ahead and look at who I'm running them back with. I believe. Hold on. Sorry. I wasn't looking at the show sheet. Um, yeah. It's tough not to love Juju this week. Slot corners are abusing this defense. Uh, like I talked about earlier, uh, Boyd, Sneed, Hilton, and Lamb have all had great games against them. Uh, this is a big Juju week for me. Plus, Johnson's out. So we're most likely going to see Ward coverage on Claypool. And Ward's really good at shutting down the, the wide receiver. I know that he's had a few, uh, you know, what are they called? Uh, just mess ups in, in general. And yeah, those are communication up. things, though. I mean, it's not skill based. It's just like, oh, I thought I had safety help over the top and he wasn't there. Yeah, Ward honestly should be fine on Claypool. Uh, he's got the athletic profile to be able to defend him. And then on the other side, like we talked about, it's just been a very solid defense outside of the, the slot position and outside of the safeties over there in Cleveland. So I'm not going to rely on, on either one of those uh, wide receivers when it comes to James Washington or Claypool. No, Claypool is going to be really shiny. I mean, he's still priced up from last week, which is already like 52 a red flag. or something or 55. Yeah, it's already a red flag for the, the, the price hike he experienced from. I mean, he deserved it. I mean, you have a performance like that, you're, you're going to get marked up. Uh, but just the ownership rates, people seeing just up that surface matchup with a Cleveland secondary that's susceptible to deep balls. And you see a guy six, five runs a four, four, 40. They're going to, they're going to gravitate to Claypool like a bug zapper. I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be something where you can sneak Juju in there at a lower ownership and he's a better option this week. Yeah. I, I love Juju Smith Schuster this week. He's a smash play for me. Hey, uh, can you check the private chat real quick? All right. So 
I'm going to run it back. I'm going to run it back with, of course, Jarvis Landry, right? Like I said, this week, when I said at the beginning of the podcast, this week is like one of those weeks where it's just, you know, just literally like smash play at the corner or at the slot wide receiver position. This slot, I'm just smashing away this week. It's just great matchup after great matchup. And just like we talked about, you know, Juice Smith-Schuster, Jarvis Landry is going to have a very similar thing happen in Pittsburgh. Hilton has been the victim of pretty much assault case after assault case. I mean, last week was Fulcum. Oh man, Fulcum took him to town, right? 152 yards on, on 10 catches for 13 targets, right? God, man, Cobb and Judy, they both did well matched up against Hilton. I, I love, I love Claypool. I mean, I'm sorry, I love Jarvis Landry. Good for you. <laughs> you're, not, you're not buying it? You're not buying it? I mean, it, it all sounds good, but it's just the Browns, they, they like throwing to, to Jarvis Landry. Um, I just, I think that they're going to try to lean on that running game. Kareem Hunt, they're going to try to kill the clock, keep Big Ben off the field. Um, I don't see that this as a big Jarvis Landry game. I think you're going to see a lot of dump offs to Kareem Hunt. You're going to see some swing, like little design screens for uh, OBJ. Um, I, I don't see the upside there. I mean, I see him with a nice safe floor for a cash game, but in a tournament, I'm not going to bank on Jarvis Landry finally having a breakout game. I don't know, man. Fulgham took him to town for 152 yards. Fulgham's pretty talented, though. Fulgham is pretty talented. And so I'm is not Jarvis saying, Landry. I'm not saying I mean, Jarvis Landry is obviously a better receiver than Fulgham by a mile. I just don't know if that game plan is going to be the same. Yeah, I understand that. I understand. All right. One of the other games we're looking at is Minnesota and Atlanta, right? We have, uh, you know, Matt Ryan and the Calvin Ridley stack, potentially. Um, you know, running back with Thielen. I love Thielen this week. I love oh. Thielen. He's this fourth in deep targets. Yeah, up this the whole game is a, is a, it's a GPP game stack dream. But you're staying away from Madison then, right? Oh yeah, I I don't want anything to do with Madison this week. He just doesn't have any upside. He's gonna get your your sorry. He's gonna get your cash game volume because of Cook being out. But I, I, the guy doesn't break off big runs. Like his he doesn't have good vision. He doesn't have that good of speed. Um, give me give me the passing options in that game because they're gonna have to throw to keep up. Atlanta's gonna score points. Minnesota's better keep up through the passing game. So I'm big on Cousins, I'm big on Jefferson, I'm big on Thielen. No, I like that 100%. Um, I, I, I love that. All right. We are going to go with, where am I? Sorry. Uh, our next one, right? Or I, I should say, are there any other games you're attacking? Um, yeah, I'm attacking the Tennessee-Houston game. That's, uh, that's my sneaky shootout of the week. And uh, for the very reason that these two teams um, are having a very efficient go at on offense on both sides, and neither defense is really that great. They're both kind of average, middle-of-the-road defenses, and the offenses are clicking on both sides. Houston, surprisingly, has been throwing the ball well to Fuller and to Cooks last week, which was out of left field. I told you Will Fuller was a play last week. No, Fuller wasn't out of left Oh, Brandon Cook, Cooks. Cooks. Yeah. Oh, Cooks, I'm sorry. I thought you said Fuller. If you called Cooks, I'm impressed. <laughs> I, 
I did say Cooks. I said Cooks is the other guy you can go to. If you're not going to play Fuller, you have to play Cooks. But I did predict Fuller over Cooks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and for me, it's I'm going to more stack the Tennessee side um, and then run it back with Fuller this week. I, I love Johnny. I love A.J. Brown. And Tannehill is every week he's been a top 10 quarterback since last season, week 14. He's, That's awesome. he's, sol- he's solid. He's got crazy big upside because his – his top targets. I mean, AJ Brown and Johnny Smith are a big play waiting to happen. They're both yards after the catch guys. And of course they have Derrick Henry and they don't even have to throw it to him. But I mean, I faded Henry last week on Tuesday because I mean, his, I just didn't see the game flow working out for him. He of course scored two touchdowns, but he got bottled up by Buffalo. And I think Houston is going to score enough points to keep Henry kind of honest with the touches. Um, So I think that Tennessee and, Houston, you're going to have to throw the ball more. Yeah, I hear that, man. I hear that. It, it, it's uh, it, that's a murky water situation. I feel like that game could be, you know, a complete blowout. It could also, you know, perform pretty well overall. So it's something as to where we, you know, it, it's something where I'm going to pl- have some plays in it, but I'm not going to be attacking that one in like every single one. So let's go ahead and hop into our sneaky good plays. Our sneaky, sneaky good plays. Guys in the chat, just to give you all a heads up, uh, we're not doing start sick questions. This is a DFS episode. So we're trying to stick to the game script because a lot of people that will listen to this episode on the podcast want the facts, want the numbers, and they want to make money. So we're not going to, uh, you know, sidetrack on, on start sick questions. But I do it for most of the other episodes. So go tune into those. Now, sneaky plays, my favorite one, hidden in plain sight right in front of your face. My DFS picks, right? The most expensive back on the slate. And it's nuts to me. We were talking about it before the show. Aaron Jones. Yeah. Aaron Jones can put up some massive, massive stats this week, right? Vita Vey's out with the toe injury. And everybody's afraid to play Aaron Jones because he's 7,800. Guess what, guys? 7,800 is not that much. Unless you're for the production you're getting from Aaron Jones. You're pretty much saying, like, at 7,800 that he's going to score 16 to 18 fantasy points. Dude, he should smash that this week. He should hit the 30s this week. I love Aaron Jones. How do you feel about Aaron Jones? He is one of the only matchup-proof running backs on, the, on any team in the league. And so when you have the big names either injured or off the main slate and you have your top price running back who's just as capable of putting up to your 30-plus point matchup, and he's under $8,000, line him up, line him up, and don't even blink putting him in there. Uh, that's that's an easy, easy play that's going to be super low-owned for whatever reason, and I'm all excited about it. Yeah, it, it's it's going to be stupid fun. I love it. I absolutely love it. Uh, there's a lot of Packers I'm actually going to be playing in this game. Uh, you know, over, actually, uh, Tampa Bay. So... Yeah, I love the situation. I think it's going to be a smash, smash play. So, I believe you have one, don't you? I do. I have the entire Patriots passing game as a, as a sneaky play. Um, the COVID bye week that they, that they took last week when they were supposed to play the Broncos, that kind of got people off the radar with the Patriots and Cam Newton. Cam Newton's active off the COVID list, and... He's got some cheaply owned, cheaply priced wide receivers that are going to get eight to 10 targets and have a huge amount of big play upside against a Broncos secondary that's all banged up. 
And the Broncos' run defense is good enough to bottle up whatever running attack they're going to have on the New England side. So I'm thinking Cam Newton's going to toss it 40-plus times, and you're going to look at Demir Bird and Nikhil Harry that are both going to probably go off. So I'm going to be heavily targeting the Patriots' passing game. You're ruining the show sheet, man. You're ruining the show sheet. You're, you're getting ahead of it. <laughs> you said sneaky plays. I like it. I like it. I like it's it. really sneaky, right? Yeah, no, I like it. It is. It's it's a great play. Um, I didn't realize that you actually had it as as well as I did. So I wrote it in there too. Yep, I, I see that now. <laughs> so I'll take that. I, I think that um, I think it's going to be very very interesting situation this week. Obviously, Gilmore is giving up yards, right? Adrian Phillips is is their safety, and you know could end up lining up in the slot one on one with Jerry Judy. So I'm thinking that Jerry Judy could see, you know, could have an absolutely massive, massive game. Um, we see him on the verge of breaking out. I mean, he saw seven, at least seven targets in the first three games. And then week four, he didn't have the amount of targets, but he came down with a great catch. And now they got Drew Locke coming back. You know, I'm going to take some shots with Jerry Judy this week and select lineups. I'm not going to play him everywhere, but I will have him, um, especially as a run back, if I want to play like Cam, Cam Newton and Nikhil Harry. I, I like him. I think it's going to be a smash play. Yeah, I'm a little nervous with Locke, but I love Jerry JV. And you're right, the Patriots defense is getting torched on deep balls. It's so weird. What? And Jerry Judy is uh, he's a deep threat if you ever saw one. I think teams okay. are having more time to pass up against the Patriots this year compared to you know last year because of half of that front seven, you know, entering into yeah, yeah, opting out because of COVID. So I, I I don't know, man. I think it's gonna be a big time game for him. And we saw like Gilmore actually struggles up against deep targets. That's why he's given up, you know, the mass amount of yards that he's, that he's given up. We saw it up against John Brown last year. So I like it. But I'm huge this week. Just as much as Swift, I got another rookie running back, Antonio Gibson, right? Mm-hmm. I love Gibson. We're seeing a drop in his projected ownership down to about 5% the last time that I checked. Ooh, that's sexy. And he's got the Giants, baby. He's got the Giants who are allowing 691 yards. With 25 total receptions and six touchdowns in five games to the running back. That's good, Bob. That's that's not good. That's not good. (laughs) Oh, my God. I don't think I need to say much more, right? I'm stacking Antonio Gibson with the Washington defense. And I even think I'm throwing in Terry McLaurin. I really do. That's that's a risky one. But for tournaments, like you said, the upside is huge for McLaurin, even though he's going to get the Bradbury matchup. That's what makes me nervous because Bradbury is a real deal. I mean, in Carolina, he was the real deal. He went to the Giants this year, and he's locking everybody down. If he if he's if he's on the X receiver, he's uh, he's going to stop him and and bottle him up. And that's well, that's something I'm worried about. Well, what's winning? What's actually winning this year is the X receiver up against the Giants, who can also play in the slot. These guys are sliding the slot to hide from Bradbury, and they're absolutely crushing it. If Washington can get a lead, if they can, I know that's tough to say and tough to think of, but if they can get a lead, a lead, man, I think you can see them with an opportunity to just tee off on Daniel Jones, which makes the defense relevant, you know, with interceptions, whatnot. But you also see garbage time, but the way that they get the lead is through Terry McLaurin. So the storyline that I'm telling myself in order to start this defense and to start Antonio Gibson is that McLaurin has a hell of a game early. You know, Gibson's still involved. And they want to run away with, with, you know, the lead on this one. And meanwhile, they're getting interceptions on, of course, Daniel Jones. They are bottom 10 in blitz percentage. 
right? But when they bring the blitz, they make a count. They are sixth in the NFL in sacks. And we know Daniel Jones has fumbling issues, baby. Strip sack incoming. Dude, not to mention they're third in interceptions on the season, and Daniel Jones is like 10th in interceptable passes. Yeah. It's this a walking is, turnover right there. New York has got a big problem because their franchise quarterback is uh, a lot like Sam Darnold. The, the New York quarterback situation is they turn the ball over and they've done it since college and during college. And now that they're in the league, they're doing the same things because the competition's getting amped up. And guess what? The, the Washington football team's front seven is it, it's mean. Like they get after it. it is. And, and that Giants offensive line is pitiful. And their quarterback doesn't have very good pocket awareness, which is why he turns the ball over so much. Um, that's uh, that's oh, it's, it's a nice recipe to have a nice Gibson Washington stack. Um, I'll have plenty of that. Um, and I, I love the price. Gibson 5,500. Give me a break. Yeah, that's sick. That's just stupid. Like a starting running back that's actually good. Yeah, I'll take that all day. Take it all day. Now, Another guy I want to bring up who I know you love is Frank Gore, right? Frank Gore should have a hell of a game up against Miami, who struggles up against or up against uh, Detroit. Oh, wait, Miami, yeah, Frank, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, Miami. Uh, yeah, Miami's Miami's defense is terrible up against grinders. Uh, they're just a massive gaping hole in the middle. So I'm expecting Frank Gore to at least end up with with 60 yards. But what I'm interested in is Frank Gore getting two touchdowns. Now Miami's mm-hmm. defense is is a lot better than what teams, you know, give give them credit for. But up against grinder running backs, for some reason, they just can't stop them. They know it's coming. They just can't stop them. They lack size up front and in the middle of their, their defensive tackles are undersized. Their linebackers are undersized. So they're better in coverage. They're better at pass rushing. Um, so you get your, your speed backs and they can run them down. You get a power back that can lay some thump down and they can't, they're going backwards. They're getting pushed around. And so you might be right there. I mean, Gore might still average 3.7 yards a carry, but if he hits pay dirt a couple of times, then you nailed your pick. Yeah. And Frank Gore's, he's cheap, man. He's really cheap. I think he's 4K. I think he's bottom level. I like it. I, 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 he's he's low. Whatever he is, he's really really nobody's low. Nobody's gonna have him, and nobody's gonna have him. Nobody because, will. Like oh, Grandpa Gore. I mean, four thousand. It's like yeah, just throw your money into the DK pit, uh, pit of despair, <laughs> playing Grandpa Gore. But um, yeah, you, I've seen crazier things happen. Yeah, I, I, I like it this week, and he'll pay off if he gets one touchdown, much less two. All right, Jamison Crowder sticking <laughs> with with the Jets, sixty one hundred. <laughs> And he's surrounded by Kenny Galladay and DJ Moore, right? And all these other big names. Right now, or, or I'm sorry, when I checked earlier, when I wrote the show sheet, he was at 8.4%. But I'm expecting that number to come down as we get closer to the week. Dude, check this out, right? In three weeks, he finished with 28.6 fantasy points on DraftKings. He finished with 20.4 uh, points on, on DraftKings. And then he finished with 27.5. Like, what the fuck? Like, Jameson Crowder is putting up 20, 28, 27, and 20-point weeks in all three weeks that he's played, right? The terrible quarterback play. Terrible with Joe Flacco at quarterback. His best week came with Joe Flacco. And I didn't see that coming. I thought, oh, the connections between Darnold and Crowder, they're like, they're blood brothers. I mean, they're attached to the hip. And Flacco's like, Flacco's like, I'm six foot nine. I can see him. (laughs) <laughs> Crowder is only like five foot seven, 
And so he gets lost. I mean, he's he's a, your quintessential slot receiver where he's, he's quick, really he's good. shifty, and he's always open. And I every time I doubt him, like last week, he all he does is produce, and all he does is get open on a two yard route and catch the ball. And a DK where it's PPR, that's still money and money every I mean, time. And I think that sixty one hundred dollar price tag is dead on. Because it's just expensive enough to where, like you said, he's surrounded by bigger names. And all these Crowder doubters like me are going to be, oh, man, who do I want? Oh, DJ Moore. I just saw him bust off a 57-yard touchdown last week where he looked like the defense was standing still and he looked like he was jogging. It's like Crowder, he doesn't do any of that. He's going to catch he's going to catch a dozen balls for like five air yards and it's still going to be the same number of points or even more more. <laughs> yeah. Tw- 28.6 last week. Are you kidding me? That's insane. 20, last time I checked 28. If he does 28 again off a of 6,100, that's that's over four X value. And that's that's still crazy because 6,100 is kind of getting up there for a wide receiver, especially if you're is your wide receiver two or three in a build. And that's, oh, I love that's it. it. That's great. I love it. I, I love it. Uh, and he's up against Nick Needham, by the way, in the slot. Wheels Nick up. Just Wheels up. Yeah, he can't uh, cover anything. All right. What about Will Fuller? Because, you know, you talked about him in your Houston sack. Yeah, I mean, I hate Will Fuller as a player. Like, he's just so <laughs> volatile. And, you know, I'm a cash game player. I, that's, and I'm a guy who drafts early on. I'm drafting floor. I'm drafting floor farther into drafts than most people are. And when I play cash games, I'm not looking anywhere near a Will Fuller. Oh, Fuller's floor now, isn't he? Is he not floor now? He's getting there. And that's why I'm kind of back on him this week because he's the only show in town. I don't trust Brandon cooks week to week. And even though he had the big game last week is Fuller is the guy if he's healthy. And so far, he's miraculously stayed on the field. So, I mean, I guess I'll have to say it. I hate the guy, but I'm going to play him. Yeah. So he's had, so far this season, he had 19.2 points on DraftKings. He had zero points up against Baltimore, but that's kind of understandable to an extent. But then he had 15.4 up against Pittsburgh, against Minnesota, he had 22.8. And then last week up against Jacksonville, he had 15.8. So he's got floor. I mean, outside of the zero point game, he's got floor. I mean, Baltimore, you're not really targeting upside against Baltimore anyway, because they they do a really good job of capping people. Um, but this week, you have Jacksonville, or who are they playing? Uh, Tennessee, Houston, who's Houston, 25th Tennessee. against the wide receiver. And Tennessee is giving up big plays in the passing game. I mean, the, the only reason they didn't give up any big plays to Buffalo, because they played four, they played cover four all game and just let them just dump it off to Gabriel Davis all day. They're not going to be able to do that against uh, Houston. Houston's going to have to um, manufacture some big plays. And Will Fuller is that guy. Yeah, I, I love Will Fuller this week. They use him in every way possible. Love, love, love this pick. All right, up next. You go ahead and take You take this next one. Where are we? Um, you're on me, JT. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so Jonathan Taylor and the Colts defense is another one of my great stacks because look at look at just look at this offensive line that's been underperforming that JT has been underperforming. He's just laying in the weeds. He's got way too much talent and they get Anthony Costanzo back this week. And that is a guy that they're two and nine without Anthony Costanzo. 
that's that means he's pretty important and he's a road grader in the run game just like quentin nelson he's just the other side of the line where he's just going to be busting faces and opening holes and so i think jt is going to go absolutely faces and opening holes (laughs) yeah (laughs) so jt is going to have a humongous game because jordan wilkins is probably going to miss time um he's he mispracticed yesterday and today and so i mean naheem himes hasn't stolen any volume from uh from jt it's been wilkins that's done that and against the Bengals, my good lord, is there a better matchup for a running back than the Bengals? I don't think so. Yes, DeAndre um, Swift. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so I think JT's going to have a humongous game. He might be chalky, but I'll eat that chalk all week, and I'll pair him up with the Colts defense against a rookie quarterback. So Robert Tanyan, right? He he's been hot. He's been red hot. For one game hot, yes. He's been red hot, and he's coming off a of bye week, right? So he's going to cool off a little bit, just a little bit. Plus, we're going to have people out there telling him, telling everybody to fade him. You know, some, some people that just don't understand fantasy football are going to be saying, hey, you should probably fade Robert Tonyan this week. But <laughs> listen, like that, that red number ninth ranked defense, right? When you look at, you know, the matchups, it's going to scare people off. But I want to check out who the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have actually played. Jared Cook, who's a decent tight end, 80 yards. Chris Manhurts. Who the fuck is Chris Manhurts? I don't even know who that. I've never heard that name before, and I do deep dives all the time. Right? He plays for Carolina. I actually went and looked at his stuff, but yeah, he's nobody. It's uh, Ian Thomas's uncle. <laughs> That's what it feels like. Noah Fant without a quarterback, right? Hunter Henry, who had 40 yards and should have had a touchdown, by the way, but he got sniped by Parham. On Parham's one snap of the game. One snap. He had one snap this entire season. I don't know. Highest last player week, efficiency but... rating in history. He should retire today. Oh, man. He got sniped. Like, Hunter Henry should have actually had a touchdown. And then, old man, Jimmy Graham, he got 33 yards and a touchdown. Touchdowns are going to have to happen uh, with his defense focused on, you know, helping Sean Murphy bun- uh, bunting keep – um, Devontae Adams from getting to the end zone. I think that they're going to have bracketed coverage up against Devontae Adams. So I'm expecting, I'm expecting the tight ends to get some work, especially in the red zone. Uh, Tanyan's a wide receiver who is converted tight end, very similar to Darren Waller, but he does, doesn't have a drug issue. Number one. And number two is, is he's converted from that, you know, from college into the, to the pros. I'm expecting Robert Tanyan to at least get in the end zone minimum one time. I mean, they don't have anybody else outside of Devontae Adams, you know, what MVS, who's a deep threat. I love, I love Tom Tanyan this week. Here's why I disagree. And it has nothing to do with the defense they're facing. I, I just wrote an entire paragraph on why I'm fading Tanyan and the defense that he's facing didn't even come up. We're talking about a regression back to the mean, which is going to be a pretty steep one after he scored three touchdowns. That's um, fine. And, Give me a touchdown. And that, those three touchdowns were without Devontae Adams on the field whatsoever. So I'm expecting a, a back to back to your your back to your mean, which is the targets are going to go to Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones, and the tight ends are going to get lost in the shuffle like they have in the Aaron Rodgers system forever. Uh, yeah, Tanya's, 
Tanyan's going to take a nosedive back to earth this week. Uh, has nothing to do with the defense they're facing. It's just going to come down to opportunity. And I'm not playing Tanyan because he got marked up by $1,300 from last week or from two weeks ago. That's and, scaring uh, people off of him. Yeah, but I'm, I think it's for a good reason because I don't see him getting enough targets to justify $5,100 when you can get Janu for 100 bucks more. I can understand that. I can definitely understand that. But the, there's one problem with your argument. Um, Robert Tanya is not a tight end. It's just, you know, his tag. He's actually a wide receiver. And so is Janu. <laughs> Janu oh, is just as athletic, if not more. And, I, I, I and don't hate $100 that. between Janu Smith and and the Eiffel 65 of tight ends, the one hit wonder, <laughs> Robert Tanyan. Oh man. I don't think he's a one hit wonder. I really don't. I think he's in here for real. No, I think he's better I think he's than an that. Waller. But I think he's going to come crashing down to earth this week. And he's going to leave a lot of fantasy players and DFS wanting. I can understand that. I can understand that, but I'm happy with the touchdown and 60 yards. And I think that's what he's going to give you this upcoming week. So, you know, if he gets two touchdowns, it's great. That's even a better tournament play. So <laughs> let's just say cheap guys and flyers. Drew Locke, we brought him up earlier. He's one of the cheapest guys on the slate. Um, with his rushing upside up against New England this week, I think he has a chance to crush it. I think he has a chance to actually melt faces. The Patriots defense has not been dominant like we've seen in the past. And Locke is a major upgrade compared to what they've had over there in Denver. I really like in order for this to really happen, I need to see Fant actually play this week. You know, I need to see Fant in the lineup and, and, you know, actually healthy. If he's not in, I'm not so gung ho on him, but I like Drew Locke as the third cheapest starter on the slate. Yeah, he is cheap and, uh, and he has upside up against a bad New England Patriots secondary. I wouldn't call it bad. It's just they're susceptible to big plays. And so if they go after Judy deep and if they find uh, Tim Patrick deep down the sidelines, like they've been known to do lately. And Noah Fan. Uh, I, I think Fan's going to wait another week. I really don't think he's going to be a factor this week. Even if he's on the field and active, he's, he's going to be limping around as a decoy. What about Aquabinum? Aquabinum. What about him? <laughs> Maybe, I mean, dude, he, he's a scene guy, right? Maybe he's a deep threat. He could be. Um, I'm higher on Lindsay this week. I'm higher on uh, some of the backs. Um, and Locke, it's, it's, it's tricky because the Patriots defense is staunch up front. And they, they stop the run pretty well. Yeah. But I, I, see, I see Lindsay swinging out. I see that um, if Gordon even gets to suit up, if he's not suspended, um, I, I do see the them kind of keeping it conservative. They're going to take some shots, of course, because of that vulnerability in the New England defense, but they're still smart. It's still a smart and well-coached defense, and Locke is not that cerebral of a quarterback yet. He has potential, but I mean, at the price, I like him in certain places, but I'm, I'm kind of mild on him and higher on the uh, weapons around him. Not Would you at least take a Locke. shot on him, or are you off him? Like, you're not no, going to be playing I, on any... I'll, I already have him in, locked in a couple of tournament uh, lineups with Judy and then with Lin, one with Lindsay too. Okay. Um, it's a, uh, it's not like I'm off him because his price is really good. And it allows um, you to play all these high end options of wide receiver too. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm just tempering his ceiling because I don't know that he's going to be able to break out like the, like he, I mean, he has the potential. That's why I'm not playing, but it's just, I'm kind of, uh, yeah. All right. What about Irv Smith Jr.? Because you, I know you want to talk about him. Twenty five hundred for a tight end who had what uh, 
four for 64 last week against Seattle and he's going against Atlanta this week. Uh, we're going to have that same kind of shootout potential and Atlanta's even worse against the tight end than to Seattle is. Seattle was actually pretty decent against the tight end and they, they bottled up Kyle Rudolph, which isn't hard anymore, but Irv Smith is a freak athlete and he's been waiting to bust out. Everybody who owns him in dynasty has been waiting for the guy to show off that athletic ability. I've and been so, waiting. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, he can't live on the taxi squad forever. And so I think that if there's any week where you can get a $2,500 tight end to bust out in a shootout, um, when everybody's else is going to be on Thielen and Jefferson and Madison and even Mike Boone. I mean, you have, you have lots of options that you're looking at in that game that are all viable but one is $2,500 and has just as much athletic potential to break a big game. And that's Irv Smith. Yeah. I I'm a fan of Irv Smith this week. I will have him in, in a few lineups. I'm not going to have him overwhelmed, you know, in, in any, I'll probably have him in like 20% of my lineups, but I like Irv Smith. I, I think that he's a good solid play. I've been rooting for him for this entire, what two years now that he's been there and he's a young, he's a young guy. He's plenty of time to break out. He's only 22 years old. So I like Irv Smith a lot. I just don't know if I want him in every lineup this week. Like, I don't think he's like my smash, you know, my smash play. Like I had with, with Fulgham and, and Claypool last yeah. week. What I, where I've found myself putting him in the most is as a flex play with a, with like a Mark Andrews at tight end. Um, that kind of plays well to a build that I've been working on is uh, have spending up for Mark Andrews. Cause he's in a pretty smash opportunity this week as a rebound candidate for Lamar Jackson. Who and that'll eliminate all your, your, you know, competition essentially, because very few people play two tight ends. Yeah. And, and you don't really do that all the time, but where you have a big upside cheap guy, and then you have a solid floor expensive guy like Andrews is you're getting differentiation and you're getting upside at the same time. And that's, uh, that's where I, I really like tournament lineups that have that opportunity and it doesn't happen every week. All right. So what about, what about Mike Boone? I love Mike Boone. That's probably my, my smash play of the week. Um, whenever he saw at least a 30% snap share in the three games last year, he finishes an RB 13 or better in two of those three. I know he burnt a lot of people in the finals last year, right? He gave everybody that dud, especially after having a great game in, in the first. I game somehow survived and won despite him. I did too. Um, I won the finals with him in my lineup. Yeah, and won it was ugly. Like you're like, oh my god, I hate you, Mike Boone. What is wrong with you? Why aren't you doing anything? Like you're poking him with a stick. Like do something. <laughs> and um, it, I like him this week. I actually like him more as a as a contrarian play because I don't see a lot out of Madison. I mean, Madison is so overrated. Like he's your number he one handcuff, man. He lacks vision. He's a number one handcuff for a reason because Dalvin cook is always hurt and he's super good. And that running scheme, it should play to a great back uh, performance, no matter who's in there. Madison hasn't done it. It's like every chance he's gotten, he's either run into the back of the lineman or he's gotten hurt himself. And then Mike Boone's in the game anyway. It's like, what are you, you going to do with Alexander Madison? I'm fading the crap out of him. He's 6,100 this week. Miss me with that bullshit. No, I agree with you 100%. I'm, I, I, I love Boone. I'm putting Boone in a bunch of different lineups. Oh, man, who else do we have over here on our, on our flyers? We got Demir Bird. Demir Bird's sexy up against Denver, right? And you seen, know I like him. 10 targets, 3 targets, 9 targets over the past 3 games. 
I mean, he's that field stretcher and all it takes is one or two receptions to repay, you know, that, that $3,500 salary. And Cam Newton likes him. Cam Newton does like him. That's why he's seen all these targets. Yeah. All right. Colin Johnson. Like you said, Jacksonville's receivers for you this week are a little sketchy. And Colin Johnson showed something last week. He did show something, but I ended up was like, oh, C. Johnson, who the hell is that? It's like, it's not, he's not a guy. He's just a guy who had a good performance one week. I don't, I don't know. He's just another Conley or another, uh, what's his name on that team? They're just, they're there on the roster, but they're not consistent. So the difference is, though, is that if Shark misses time, right? If he misses this week, Conley's been, He's been terrible. Conley's been he's, one of the worst wide receivers I've been watching this entire season. He's not uh, good. And he did well last year, but I think last year was kind of like an outlier year compared to all of his previous stuff. I mean, he had Patrick Mahomes and couldn't perform with Patrick Mahomes. So if we sit there, we see Shark out and we see Chris Conley drop another ball. I mean, Colin Johnson is getting more snaps each and every week. His snaps are actually growing. And this past week, he got two targets in the red zone. And the first target should have actually been a completion. Baker, or uh, I'm sorry, Garner Minshew actually missed him, right? Garner Minshew missed Colin Johnson. But I'm telling you, like, like if if is Cole Shark, out? What's up? Is Keelan Cole out? No, but Keelan Cole's a slot guy. Colin Johnson is more of like the intermediate route runner and the red zone target. And Eifert is questionable as well. So Eifert's if Eifert dead. misses time, Eifert's dead. He's been dead for three years. But I'm just saying, like those red zone targets that Eifert was getting, although it wasn't a lot and O'Shaughnessy was getting, could actually go to Colin Johnson. Colin Johnson could finish off this week with two touchdowns on five targets. Yeah, and he's 3,000, so, I mean, it's worth a dart throw. It's um, a dart. It's a complete and utter dart throw, but yeah, I still like he's, it. He's worth a dart throw, but I'm, I mean, I'm not feeling him the same way that you felt Claypool or Fulgham last week because, I mean, Fulgham had the big target volume the week before that. And Claypool was going up against literally the worst coverage linebacker in the history of the world. Um, and so you had, you had some reason for that optimism. And I mean, with, with Colin Johnson, I think it's there a little bit, but it's like, it's not the dart throw that you're expecting a bullseye on. It's just like, Oh, that's a happy accident. Uh, see, I'm, I'm huge on Colin Johnson to develop into a great uh, deep threat wide receiver, although he's slow. He can still – he's like Mike Williams, right? He can go up and, and get those balls that no, not many people can actually go and get. Mike and he's Williams a resident pretty target. fast, though, too. I, I know. I'm not saying that the Colin Johnson <laughs> is going to be anything even close to Mike Williams, to be honest, but I, I see him in the same type of role. So he's going to have games that he explodes, and I just feel like this could be one of the games early on in his career that you know we might not have foreseen prior to the season. I didn't see it coming. It's not Lynn Bowden time, right? No. No. He's not a thing yet. I mean, he had four rushing attempts, or three rushing attempts for four yards. How bad does he make the Las Vegas Raiders look for trying to make him into a running back? What a a blown. That was just horrible. That's frustrating. It's like, just let the guy play football. You don't have to wedge him into a role that you have. It's like, it should be the opposite. The successful teams are taking a guy and saying, what are you good at? And let's make you do that. It's like the Raiders did the opposite way and it burned them bad. They lost. Yeah. They lost give Joe Reed a chance, right? Give Joe Reed a chance. They lost like a whole two rounds of draft capital just by missing on that one. All right. Last guy, Burton, who is chalk as hell this week. Uh, he's a bargain, but you can afford him as chalk. Right. Yeah, that's he's he's there. I have him in one lineup, I think. 
And so, yeah, you never know. It's, right. uh, I, don't, I don't hate him. Let's go ahead and build a lineup real quick. Yep. Um, Kim, we're not actually doing start sit questions. However, we will have them up on the Sunday morning show for start sit. Make sure you guys check that out. We're going to go ahead and build a lineup, folks. All right. We're going to go ahead and build a lineup. So your start sit questions might actually be in here. You never know. All right. So we got to start out with the stack, of course, right? Because that's how we do it. That's how we do it here. Intervention. We normally start out with a stack. We did one without a stack. I did do a lone run. And it actually worked out pretty well with Cam Newton back in like week two. Mm-hmm. But we want to stack this week because the stacks are there. And who are you thinking is going to be your stack this week? Because I think we're going to be at... Not absent as the spectrum, but we're not going to be exactly on the same page. I like Ben Roethlisberger. I don't think he's going to have a lot of ownership at all. I think he's going to be like less than 2% owned. Yeah, and I actually like it. I mean, go for it. That's uh, It's not one I had was on my radar either, but it, it makes all, all the sense in the world because, I mean, he's still only 6700 which is mid-range pricing. And so, yeah, that's uh, the upside is there. Who, who else do you prefer? Like, let's, let's talk this out. Let's figure out who we'd actually like to go with. Because Drew Locke came up in our conversation. Yeah. We I'd had Tannehill or even Cousins um, or Cam. Man. I, I, I can't. So I like the Cam Newton thing, but we can't <laughs> do the stack with the Cam Newton thing, right? Like, we're not going to actually stack Mirror really. Bird. Uh, we no. will in a couple lineups. So that's not one that we want to yeah. show the public, you know? No, no. <laughs> that one's not safe for work. <laughs> yeah, that's not safe for work. Cousins, meanwhile, is also extremely volatile because they could end up running the ball um, with Atlanta. You know, they can end up blowing Atlanta out early. And then also, we have the Tannehill one, which makes it interesting. Me personally, I still like the Ben Roethlisberger one over that. I know that you're bouncing out 800 for Tannehill. But Houston's defense has not been good against the running Tannehill. Let's let's roll the dice with Roethlisberger. All right, let's do it. Roethlisberger, it is. I was going to bump over to the wide receivers, of course, and we talked about Juju Smith-Schiff. Yeah, Juju's yeah, that's the guy. Sixty six hundred for a guy like that. That's that's nice. Two touchdowns, hundred yards. You heard it here first on fantasy intervention. <laughs> All right. I don't, oh. I don't even know if he'll do that. He might have ten for seventy five, but one or two touchdowns, and you got yourself a winner. Yeah, you really do. All right, let's run it back with a Cleveland guy, right? Yep. Uh, I told I you, I, I believe in, in, like in Jarvis. I like Jarvis, but, you, you know, you sound like you like uh, uh, Odell Beckham, huh? I do. Odell Beckham has that big playability in Pittsburgh up against Slayton struggled, although it was week one. They haven't allowed that many big plays outside of that um, to the wide receiver position. So that's what makes me nervous about playing Odell, but it is tournaments. I see Odell having like four receptions for 80 yards this game, to be honest. Like he will have a few big plays off the screens. Yeah, he's he's gonna be a big part of their scheme. And that's that's the way I see it. Is they're going to go out of their way to put the ball in his hands. Um, because I see this as kind of a similar game plan to when they played Dallas where they're going to try to get out to a big lead with some gadget plays and uh, then lean on them with the run game. That's, that's the path to the Browns winning this game. And they're not just going into Pittsburgh to, to get close. They're going to try to beat Pittsburgh. And the way to beat Pittsburgh is with big plays. So what's up with, uh, with this, it, uh, this illness? 
uh, probably his pink eye <laughs> with his history. <laughs> he said he has pink eye. Oh man! Uh, so, but no, but for real, like Odell was out with a uh, with an illness today. Yeah. So I, mean, I don't. I don't know. Nobody. Nobody's come out with more information other than he was sick. Let's go Odell, and then I can always opt to switch over to Jarvis Landry. What's the right. price on Jarvis? If he's below, oh my 50, god, 50, he's 49. He's at forty nine. What's his Q tag? What's that all about? Uh, he's questionable, but I, I'm pretty sure he's likely to play. Oh, that's just managing. Yeah, put him in there. Forty nine is a steal. Forty nine is a steal, guys. Jarvis Landry is a freaking bargain this week. That means you only need 15 points out of the guy to get 3x value. That's a steal. I love that. And nobody's going to have him. Nobody is going to have that guy. All right. On to... Let's let's check out defenses. We we like that Antonio Gibson stack, right? Yes. Yes, definitely. But Gibson and the Washington Washington football team defense, that's that's just green light city right there. I love that one. What's his price at again? Five? 55? 55, 55. God, man, Washington. that's that's just sexy. Washington's 33, I think. Wait, I went past him. Where is he? Gibson, there we go. All right, and then defense is Washington's defense. They could be teeing off all day. Yeah, they're, gonna, yeah, they're actually not bad price-wise. 3,300 against Daniel Jones, who he, he's good at turning the ball over. It's going to be chalky, but it's actually not, not even the, the lead chalk, to be honest with you. So the chalk on defense... Tennessee is actually number one. Or no, Miami's number one. Yeah. Then Tennessee. I'm then surprised Washington. with Tennessee. Yeah. I'm surprised with Tennessee being up there. I mean, they're they're getting gouged pretty good. Yeah, it is what it is. All right. Back over to DraftKings. We got Antonio Gibson. God, we're sitting here with fifty seven point five for the rest of these guys. What was one of the sleepers that you really liked though? Or that we um, really liked. Like, we both were like, oh, this is a hammer. Um, Demir Bird was one of them. And then... We didn't have too much agreement on the sleepers. Demir Bird was one. We'll come back to that. We'll see who fits in. Yeah. So let's go running back. We, we both like Aaron Jones, right? And that's not going to destroy Definitely. us. No, because he's 7,800 or 76. Yeah. And that so, leaves us value at tight end and then flex. And then we can maybe spend up a little bit on wide receiver, I'm which we don't have to do because what I noticed and what I featured in my article is how weird the pricing went up so much for running backs this week and wide receivers that kind of stayed flat. And so I'm thinking that they are taking advantage of all the people that are pissed off with FanDuel. They got a bunch of fresh blood in the water. And I saw that. And so the running backs that are popular are getting marked up like crazy. And there's no, there's no reason for it. Like, like Todd Gurley is going to have touchdown regression this week. And so everybody's going to see, Oh, look how many points Gurley is going to have. And they're going to spend up on extra $700 this week on Gurley. And (laughs) that's not going to work. I think we know. I think we know who we want to go with at running back. I think you know too. Yeah. Say it. Say it so they know. Miles Gaskin. What? No. <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> Actually, I'm not kidding about him. He's he's a decent player, but um, who are you gonna say? Oh, Swift. Yes. Yes, it's that's, gonna be Swift for us, right? Yeah, that's an easy call. Sorry, I was having a brain fart. All right, so at least it's a 54. So oh, we should true. go tight end with this, right? 
tight end and figure out exactly which one fits into our our uh, our price range. And I Hawkinson's a good play this week. Evan Ingram's great too. Um, you like Johnu a lot. I love Johnu. I, I like Johnu too, and it would leave us with fifty two left, which is definitely reasonable to play with. And there's some good receivers in that little window there. Let's see who's at 56 and higher on there are 56 and lower. I'm sorry. Jerry Judy's there. Yeah. That could be a smash play. Are you thinking what I'm thinking? Or Marvin Jones Jr. I see either way. What is going on over there? My cat just knocked down an entire stack of books. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, this whole noise, this whole episode has been one big noise blunder. Yeah. All right. Oh uh, God! It's, it's a jungle at my house. It's a jungle. McLaurin sitting at fifty-seven, and this was a stack that I was talking about that I think could really pay off. Do you like Jerry Judy more at fifty-five? I mean, Jerry Judy didn't look great last. Uh, what was it? Two weeks ago. I like Judy more than I like McLaurin this week. All right, let's roll with it then. We're rolling with it. We're going tight end then. Tight end. Is Johnny Smith over Hawkinson? Oh, I like everybody for for the Lions this Do week. Do you trust Hawkinson to get enough targets? Though I don't. He no, but he doesn't. He just needs a target premium in the red zone, which he gets. He gets a lot of it. So does Johnny. Johnny gets. I think uh, Tannehill targets the tight end fourth most in the league this year. So yeah, and he's he's good. He's healthy. He's going to be rolled out. All right. Well, good, Johnny. I love Johnny, by the way. Johnny was my number one, you know, growing tight end. So 5,200 like for probably going to be the tight end two this week. That's just what I'm saying. I like it, man. I like it. That's going to be it. We're going to enter that in. Win a, win a chicken dinner. Remaining salary 200. So we're right on point with that. Yeah. Let's go Big Ben. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for real. And. Oh, man, Juju. Juju, you burned me a couple weeks, man. You need to stop doing that. All right, guys. This is going to end the episode for us. Thank you guys for tuning in, of course. Let them know where to find you, Bo McBigTime. Twitter, at Bo underscore McBigTime. My DFS articles twice a week are at nimblewnumbers.com. And I also write a hot takes article every Saturday for podcasticnetwork.com. It's called Picante, sponsored by my hot sauce, hotboxbatch.com. So get yourself some of that. Get yourself some uh, Smoke Shack barbecue rub and eat well, my friends. I want you all fat and happy and full of riches this week. (laughs) Of course, man. And you guys can find our stuff at FF underscore intervention. And then, of course, join our circle underscore afterwards, because some knitting company took join our circle <laughs> with with that's not how this works. That's not how any of this. And works. They haven't used it in like five years, and I'm pissed. They should have actually had. Doing. They have no idea, guys. Uh, you can also find our content at linktr.ee/fantasyintervention. If you guys want to check out my Patreon, I actually post three different lineups on Patreon, so you guys can actually play those lineups or alter them slightly. It's two bucks a month, guys. It's fifty cents a week. It's practically nothing. I know that. Uh, you know, Kenny over there is, is winning money on a regular basis. And I know that we actually had a guy win 6K off of switching up one of my players from one lineup to another. So, yeah, go join our Patreon. Patreon.com slash Fantasy Intervention where you get three lineups of slate. All right. Well, you good to go. You got anything else to say? 
I gotta go. I'm hungry. I'm always <laughs> hungry. <laughs> all right, guys. Thank you all for listening. And thank you for letting us intervene with your fantasy football life. Hey, my mom told my niggas is dope. Switch up a stove. Pick up a stove. They feeling away. They know I'm the goat. That's how you bang a podcast.